0: daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss alongside Ulysses Sombrano, and we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your first listen every day. And remember, our podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, at locked on raise. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at locked on raise. And you can email us anytime if you have questions, comments, concerns, whatever it may be. Locked on raise at gmail.com is the place to do that. Also, if uh, you have the urge to be a one time guest co host of the pod or simply just want to support what we're doing uh check out the site buymeacoffee.com slash raise unfiltered that's buymeacoffee.com slash raise unfiltered we'll put the link to that in our podcast description okay uh today we continue our conversation with former pro ball player cody decker uh In this episode, he discusses the significance of clubhouse chemistry, team fights, how important a manager is to winning and losing ballgames, why some organizations play favorites with top prospects, and much, much more. Look, I got through the intro without Stu Sternberg calling me. You know why? Because I put my phone on airplane mode. He called me rudely yesterday trying to get on the pod, and I had to ignore that call as, uh, I was recording. So I learned my lesson, airplane mode, Stu, I will return your call uh, after the episode breaks here. So just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, and by the way, if you're enjoying, uh, this conversation with Cody Decker and you're like, man, I can't, I, I can't just have 20, 25 minute snippets. I need to listen and watch the thing in its entirety. You can do that by going to our YouTube page our YouTube channel and checking it out there all 90 minutes uh, without any commercial breaks or anything. uh, It is on that outlet. So if you're interested in checking that out, you can do that. Okay. Without further ado, here's more of Cody Decker. Uh, You know, I hear this a lot in in the media and from the fan base clubhouse chemistry. Mm -hmm. How much weight do you put onto that as far as it could go both ways in the sense of, you have a malcontent or a bad apple that, you know, kind of ruins the mood for the entire season, or you have a guy like yourself who kind of livens things up. Like how important is clubhouse chemistry to a successful season or not a successful season? Extremely,
1: but there is a caveat. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes talent does win out. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, I think there's a comfortable balance. I think there is going to be teams where you have that, you know, that prima donna that right. kind of is the bad apple. And then you have the other grouping of guys that could possibly pull together well enough that that guy doesn't really, that, that guy's attitude doesn't matter. Or it mm-hmm. could be that he affects four other guys. And that's where you come with the problem. You know, the phrase bad apple is one bad apple ruins the bunch. Right. Um, the thing why I never liked the phrase bad apple in a, in a clubhouse setting is because, a one bad apple doesn't necessarily infect the rest of the bunch, but a baseball player who has a bad you know attitude could easily affect the rest of the bunch. So it, it's it's um it's more like a a, sl- a slow virus than it is you know a bad apple. Um, but you know clubhouse chemistry, absolutely, it's extremely important. But at the end of the day, you're around these guys every day for. 160, 70 days, and I'm not even counting spring training, you know, there are going to be issues. There's going to be fights. There's going to be disagreements. Uh, At the end of the day, though, if you guys are just on the same page on the field, good things can happen. I mean, sometimes fights need to happen. Sometimes a fight between players needs to happen for the whole team to kind of rally around it. And that does happen on occasions. And um, I just think it's a comfortable balance. You just got to know, it's the old phrase, know thyself. You got to know who you are, know who your players are. And your manager needs to be able to recognize that. Your manager needs to be able to put the players and the infrastructure in place that the players can even police themselves. I had one manager who used to refer it as uh, shot callers. They're basically an extension of the uh, coaching staff. Mm. Shot
0: caller, shot caller.
1: You got a problem, you go to them. They come to me.
0: Interesting. So, okay, so when you talk about infighting within the clubhouse, are these actual fist fights at times or just screaming matches or sometimes a combination of both?
1: Sometimes a combination of both, sometimes one or the other. I mean, it happens.
0: Uh, I've gotten to
1: a fist fight or two with teammates, I've gotten to shouting matches with teammates. Hmm. Uh, there is not a single teammate I can think of that I wouldn't hug right now if I saw him, including the ones that I fought. Like we have to fight sometimes it's, there's a lot that takes place. It could be anything. It could be something as stupid as, Hey, we're going to tip the bus driver. Um, everybody put money in and one guy refuses because he just doesn't want to give the bus driver uh, $20 for driving us all season. And that caused a fight, Mm -hmm. an actual fist fight. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's things like that. I mean, it's at the end of the season, the dog days of August is is affecting everybody, especially that clubhouse. And if that clubhouse say that team's not playing very well and, you know, guys are say losing their jobs or guys just found out they're not going to go up. It gets gets to be a testy place sometimes. And it's important to realize that everybody in there is in the same boat. So do I, how much do I put into clubhouse chemistry? A lot, like a lot, um, But is it the end-all, be-all? No. The end-all, be-all is you got to win. You got to score more runs than the other team. Clubhouse chemistry is not going to score your runs, but it certainly can help. Wow.
0: So now I know, again, you didn't have a super long time in the big leagues, but was there ever a fight? or in fighting within the clubhouse when you're with the Padres or no,
1: no. I mean, there was,
0: I will, I will say that particular
1: team was the 2015 Padres. It was the AJ Preller's first year. They swung big, made a bunch of big trades and Mm -hmm. there was a lot of excitement. And I think the the only thing that was um, comparable to the excitement was the monumental and cataclysmic downfall of that team that season, Bud black fired midway through the year. Uh, You know, they signed, they brought in Matt camp and Craig Kimbrell and, uh, both Uptons. And it was just, it was a brand new team and they did not play well together. And when I got up there, I got to say that team was not getting along very well. It was um, a long, long season. I think the press and the fans turned on them. The owner of the team at the time is even putting out some statements about certain players. It was, it was an ugly situation. So I walked into a bit of, I wouldn't say a dumpster fire. These are all guys I knew. And I was friends with and they weren't the same guys they were five months ago in spring training because it looked like that season had beaten them up a little bit, and it did. It was a it was a tough clubhouse, but it was not, you know, it wasn't certainly wasn't the worst club I've, clubhouse I've ever been in. I, I've, I've definitely seen worse, but um, it, it was. You know, I'm a guy that's always put in a clubhouse to kind of
0: mm-hmm. help
1: the clubhouse. I'm a at that point I was a 28 year old rookie. I couldn't walk up there and do anything, even though I was the same age or quite frankly older than 90 percent of the team, and had been in the
0: organization longer than every one of them. It's the new year, so that means new year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, but maybe even better than a candy bar, believe it or not. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, I'm here to tell you, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars contain 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, just 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. What's also great is, man, there is so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, The list goes on and on. We know you want some built bars. So, what you got to do is you go to built.com. That's built.com. Use promo code locked15, L O C K E D, the numerals one five, and that'll get you 15% off your order. Again, go to built.com, promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Um, what about managers? How important, because we hear about, you know, how much value does a manager make in a team winning and losing ballgames from your perspective, how how important is, is a manager as far as the the wins and losses go?
1: You know, I'm going to give you an interesting perspective on this. Uh, They're very important. A manager is extremely important. I I don't want to discount what every, every manager does. I do think there's a little bit of a misconception of what a manager does Mm -hmm. uh, these days because managing a game is not as difficult, I feel, as people are making it out to be. The rules are pretty much in place. All you really have to do to manage the game itself, more or less, you just kind of manage the bullpen. And if you're in the National League, you have to handle a double switch every once in a while, which is not rocket science, guys. It's, right. it's This is very easy stuff. Occasionally, you're going to call a hit and run or a bunt. And quite frankly, no, you're not because that's not in the game anymore. Yeah. Um. So managing the actual game, not as hard as people make it out to be. But the hard part is the collaborative effort before the part, before the, uh, beforehand, breaking down the numbers, breaking down what you know about your players, knowing what you have, working with your front office, putting together a lineup. It used to be, this is your lineup every day. Now, Based on the numbers, the lineup, the projected lineup for best opportunity to win is this. Okay, now let's make adjustments. All right, you're working with about five different people. Your coaching staff, possibly a GM or an assistant GM, maybe a numbers guy. depends on the organization. Or it could be an organization where the manager just has sitting in a room by himself. I don't think there are any teams like that anymore, but there might be. But it's more of a collaborative effort. So being a manager these days requires, one, it requires, one, that collaborative um, spirit. Two, Mm -hmm. It needs to be someone that could speak to the press and handle the press when things are both going bad and, more importantly, when things are going – I mean, going good and, more importantly, when things are going really bad. Um, You need someone that can handle the players, not just them on the field. You need to be able to handle their egos and their – everything off the field. You're handling quite a bit. A manager's job is a lot. And keep in mind – The manager also has to manage his staff as well. Mm -hmm. He needs to know what's happening at all times. So it is one hell of a difficult job. And here's something I think fans really need to realize. It is a thankless job. It is not a it is a Mm. stressful job that you are currently you're constantly being picked to death for things that, quite frankly, aren't remotely in a manager's control, you know. Think of, like, uh, like Tony La Russa got a lot of flack last year for certain things. And some things he did that I think he deserved some flack for. Others, mm-hmm. I think, were like, hey, come on, guys. Let's slow down. We're, we're going to get mad at him for putting in Craig Kimbrell right there. He's Craig Kimbrell. Anytime you throw in Craig Kimbrell, Craig Kimbrell, you have the best possible chance to win. The end. Sorry, Craig gave up three runs. That doesn't happen all the time. Why is that Tony La Russa's fault? It isn't. Uh, but people are like, well, why would you do that? Because he's Craig Kimbrell. That's why you would do it. I would have done it too. And so would have you. Um, So it's just, uh, it's amazing how thankless that job is. But yeah, I think, I think it's an extremely important job. I think it takes a certain type of mindset. I think you have to be one. It helps to be very smart, but it also helps to be extremely personable. Um, You need to understand what those guys are going through, especially with the game. These these days, so much numbers based. And I think a lot of the humanity of the game is constantly being driven out, which is a, a sad thing. But I think it's going to go the other way. I think more humanity is going to be put back into the game. I think things always go in cycles. You know, So much robotics right now and then eventually start mm-hmm. focusing back in with the human aspect again. Um, I, it's just, there are a lot of balls in the air to say the least for a manager when it comes to managing any game, Uh, a major league game, a minor league game, man, minor league game, you have to deal with prospects. You have to deal with, you know, your players going up and down. You got to deal with, you know, probably only four guys in your bullpen that night because the taxi squad has taken two of your guys. it's just that's that's mm. the game and i i do think there's a there are more variables than i think people are giving credit for there are an outrageous amount of things it's not just writing the lineup and handling the bullpen that is a part of it but that is arguably one of the smaller
0: parts is that the biggest disconnect that fans have with the game or is there something else that's like from your perspective where you're like no fans don't really understand this is it is it the the monday morning quarterbacking of a manager or is it uh i mean i've actually i've talked to scouts before and they say that it's it's unfair for fans to criticize any type of professional ball player because it's like they're the elite of the elite like what is there something that you hear out there that's like that's not really right or that's not really correct or that's not something that that fans should be focusing on or saying
1: um, yeah, I, I feel that way whenever they talk about a certain player like, Ah, this guy sucks. no, he doesn't. he's he's arguably one of the greatest who have ever done this ever. He's very mm-hmm. good. Um you know, it, it, I that always drives me nuts. Toxic fandoms that like you know, turn on their players in certain ways. That always drives me nuts. Yeah. going after man. It, yeah, it's the it's the money. It, it, we're about to see it right now because we're currently in a lockout. And I'm, we, we haven't seen it yet, but you know it's coming. We're going to see a lot of very stupid hot takes coming very soon where, oh, man, these greedy players, I'd play for free. The i play for free crowd is about to come out, and it's going to be a nightmare dealing with those over and over again because, mm-hmm. again, for those people who always say greedy ball players, I'd play for free, understand that you are offering free labor and no one's taking you up on it. So just understand how good these people are at what mm-hmm. they do. Um it's, it's, it drives, there are things about that that drive me nuts. Yeah. But you know, it, it is what it is. They're fans. Fan is short for fanatic. They're fanatical right. and they, that's what they're going to be. And at most of the time, I appreciate it. Some of the time though, you know, come on guys,
0: let's, let's clean it up. Right. Certainly. Um. So looking at the lockout a little bit, what is, what is one outcome or one change that you'd like to see? With the CBA, if and when it does get uh, inked and signed, what, what is like one major change that you like this? This needs to happen in the next CBA.
1: Um, they need to stop making rules that have nothing to do with pace of play and everything to do with, uh, you know, handling guys service time. I think mm-hmm. that's it's just listen. I, it's not even my problem that they're making the rules. It's stop. Stop with what the rules are for. I right. Mean, it's it's almost you're insulting our intelligence at this point. By saying, oh yeah, every pitcher that comes in has to face three batters. That that has nothing to do with pace of play. Nothing at all. You just eliminated the left-on-left matchup. You just eliminated basically you just killed the lefty specialist out of the bullpen. That is a very viable job. There's gonna be a lot less guys that are gonna be getting major league tenure now. Um, it's already impossible to get to the big leagues. It's even more impossible to stay in the big leagues. And you know, the changing the 40-man roster rules down to 26. That's drastic. That's in that it's gonna be impossible to get to the big leagues. Um, you know, average salary. It, we're hearing all these $300 million contracts. Great. Average salaries in major league baseball are down $4 million. That's the average salary. And that's with record contracts being signed left and right. It's because there's so many guys making major league minimum because so many guys time is getting And here's the thing. I don't blame any team for handling mm-hmm. the system that's in place. They are handling, they're doing things according to the system that's best financially for themselves. You can't blame them for doing that. But the rules that are being put in place are very much getting favoring one side. And then you have the aspect of technology that's taking place. You know, Major League, the Players Association a few years back were terrified of wearable technology. They are terrified Mm. of it. They didn't want ownership or, or teams getting their hands on advanced metrics of a person's body or, you know. And there are certain phrases that get thrown into the lexicon that you'll hear every once in a while. Whenever you hear the phrase low heart rate guy, that's not by accident that phrase is that phrase has been put into baseball in these last few years for a very specific reason. It's not a real phrase. Have you ever heard somebody in your life refer to someone as a low heart rate guy?
0: No. No.
1: I heard it for the first time about 8 years ago in a baseball clubhouse and then I'm like that's not that's not that's not a phrase in the American lexicon. That I googled it, couldn't find it. Like who says that? And then come to find out their you know, teams want to know what your heart rate is so they can use it against you, possibly in arbitration. And I don't blame them for doing that. Why wouldn't you? Use everything you can. And the Players Association was so scared of wearable technology that I, I was laughing going like, they don't need to put anything on us to do that. Like we've already, lo- you lost that battle. You lost that battle two years ago. There is raid radar exists. They can get any, they can get anything they want off of us. And they did. They didn't need to put anything on players to get that tech- to get that information. They did it. So you also have to ask the account in the aspect that gambling is coming to pro sports, specifically baseball mm-hmm. sports. Gambling is going to change uh, finances for all sports going forward. And I would behoove, the Major League Baseball—it would behoove Major League Baseball and the Players Association to get together on this and work together to basically circumvent future controversies that could easily take place during this. So it's—I think it just— it's going to take them both putting away all egos and working together because right now there's going to be more money put into baseball than there ever has been ever, ever, ever. Two years ago in 2019, uh, Major League Baseball made record profits in revenue uh, by what $12.2 billion. That's going to look like pocket change uh, in, in 10 years. Um, and it's really up to Major League Baseball to work with the players and make sure the all finances are handled properly.
0: Bet online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowl season and pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Be sure to head over to their website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L O C K E D O N. That's L O C K E D O N to receive that bonus. Bet online, of course. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online. It's where the game starts cody you seem like you'd be a great fit as a coach a manager working somewhere in the front office do you do you see that role for yourself in some sense i know you said you've been offered some of those positions but is that ever a change that you'd really want to make or it'd really have to be like a great organization and a great opportunity for you to to do something to to do what you're not doing now
1: um i've had this conversation many times Mm -hmm. um trying to find the best way to actually respond to that yes is the is the the first answer is yes okay um, I, i've never been quiet that my dream job even when i was playing my dream job was to be a major league manager i always wanted to be a manager that's mm. what i wanted to be i wanted you know i remember i had this one conversation with bud black who was my manager in san diego and bud black's a great guy mm-hmm. uh but one time buddy black chewed me to, god he was pissed he chewed my ass in a way that like, it was, I almost started laughing while he was doing it because I'm like, I have never been yelled at like this <laughs> in my life by a grown man. Like, this is, I'm like, I wish I was recording. I was almost stunned. I was like, what the hell is happening? Really? Am I getting screamed at? This is awesome. Uh, I was mad, but it was just like, I, I have to let Buddy yell at me for a while. And he did, and it was awesome. I, it's one of my favorite stories. I'll tell you about it. Uh, but, Buddy, uh, you know, Buddy was just, he was awesome. And I remember at the end of the conversation, at the end of, well, it wasn't much of a conversation, but at the end of the, the bludgeoning that he was putting me through, he stopped and just said, he gave me a wonderful compliment. And it's amazing after the entire yelling, that's the thing I took away from it um, because I'm an ego. Uh, he said, uh, listen, Cody. <laughs> He's, listen, Cody. There are not a lot of smart baseball players you're one of the few of them in 20 years. If you want my job, you can have it. You will be a big league manager. If you really want to be one. And I think you should be one, but I need you to learn from this. I said, you got it, buddy. He's like, okay. And I mean that you're one of the only smart guys I have. (laughs) Like I love buddy black. Kante was in that room too. Kante is the best. God, I love those two. Um, Again, I've been spoiled being around some amazing baseball people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just talked about Buddy Black tearing me to shreds. I think I love Buddy Black uh, more than almost everybody in baseball. Like, I love that guy. He's so great. I feel so bad that he's stuck in Colorado.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So, why did Buddy Black get on you? What What, what was the impetus for that? What happened? I'll tell, all right.
1: I'll tell the story. So, I was, uh, I, it was spring training. Uh, we had a player on our team who was, um, you know, he would cause, he was that one quote unquote bad apple. He caused uh-huh. a lot of problems over the years. And, we were in big league camp and we were playing in the B game before the regular game. We were playing at the Rangers. We played basically a double header. And in this game I was starting, it was like me, Carlos Quinn and a few other guys and that one player. And that one player, There's a ball hit over his head. He's playing left field and he misread it. So he jogged after it. The ball goes mm-hmm. to the wall. He jogs after it. the guy gets a triple on a routine fly out to left field. Guy gets a triple. Now the guy should not have been standing past second base, cause he jogged, he did. And the whole co- major league coaching staff's here, and we're losing our minds. I'm just like, I've had it. I've had it. He's, de- And I'm like, good. I'm glad he did this in the big league game so they could see it. Finally. Finally, someone will put an end to this. We go to the major league game, the A game. He goes in in the second, and he plays the rest of the game. And me and a couple other players were pissed. And I was really pissed. I was like, you're just going to reward this guy no matter what he does, huh? No matter what he does. Doesn't put up numbers. Treats everybody terribly. Dogs things, costless games, and he's doing the big league games, and still nothing. Like wh- I'm, I'm like, so that night I was out at the bar, a uh, place called the Moon Saloon, which was the Padres bar at the time, and I was sitting there with uh, Darren Balsley and Mark Kotze, who I'm very close with. Balsley was our pitching coach, Kotze, our hitting coach at this point. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm, I Kotze like kind of knows I'm still fuming about. So he saw I was pissed earlier. He's like, "What's going on, Dad?" I'm like, I'm like, "You really want me to tell you?" So yeah. I just fucking went off on the whole thing. I'm like year and I've years and years of this. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sick of it. I'm I'm like, I'm busting my ass. And you guys, you guys are doing, get rewarding this guy. And like that guy over there is busting his ass. He hasn't had a bat this spring. Like, I'm like, this is bullshit. And he, and Kots just goes like, yeah, it is bullshit. I'm fine. He was so happy that he's like the, finally somebody's fired up. Somebody, somebody cared. So Buddy's like, like I'm going to tell Buddy about this. I'm going to, finally, he was so fired up. He, he felt mm. like, he's like, finally, somebody's going to take leadership and, and dude, Cots was really fired up. Goes and tells Buddy. Cots comes and told Buddy all about it. Dude, we're going to, let's go in his office. He wants to chat with us. It's going to be great. I'm like, okay. So Cots he thinks he's bringing me in for a reward. I sit down. Buddy, Cody, Dak, can you shut the door for me? Sure. Shut the door. Cody, how old are you? And right when he said that, I just went like, "Oh shit!" Mm. And I look at Kotz, and Cots just smiling. He was so excited because he thought I was getting rewarded. He's like, "Oh, you know, did anybody else have these thoughts? These same, the uh, same thoughts you did?" I'm like, "No, just me." No, I don't think that's true, Cody. I think somebody else had those thoughts. Didn't? And I'm not gonna say the guys. I'll make up a name. Didn't? Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't? Didn't Freddie say some things I'm like? Mm-hmm. Freddie. So I get outside and go grab Freddie. Freddie in the office. Buddy wants to talk to us. What? You and I are in a lot of trouble for some reason. He's like, what? I'm like, you and I are in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Let's go get we're in trouble. Let's go. We're both triple A guys. So this is not good. We sit down and Buddy just lays into us, lays into us hard. What do you think you know about managing players? What do you think that on and on and on and on? And he's not wrong. Keep in mind, because in his perspective right now, two AAA guys are questioning the big league manager. Mm -hmm. That cannot happen. That wasn't what was taking place. But in his perspective in this, that is absolutely what's taking place. And he is absolutely right to be mad about it. Granted, not taking place, but he thinks it is based on what the information he's been given. So finally, after 10 minutes of him yelling at me, and I mean yelling at me, he finally just goes... Dick, if you if you were so mad, why didn't you do something about it yesterday, huh? And I just went like, do you, would you do you want me to answer that, buddy? He's like, yes. I was told two years ago. I, last time I did say something to this guy because he and I got into a fist fight over this exact thing in the dugout, and I was told if I was told that I was right by the front office, but because he's a high prospect, if I did it again, I would have to be punished. Mm. And he just goes like, what? He said, I was told that I could potentially be fired if I ever did it with this player again. And he just goes like, who told you that? I'm like, I cannot say that. He does not, no longer works for this organization. And he just says, was it this guy? And I was like, yes. And he just goes, Freddie! And he went off (laughs) on Freddie for five minutes. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I was just like, "Oh no!" And then he gave us both the compliments. He gave that guy Freddie the compliments too, because Freddie was a very smart, smart gentleman as well. Um, but it was just, it was—I'll never forget it. And Buddy later came up to me, which is why Buddy is who Buddy is. This is why Buddy's so great. He came up to me later. and He's like, "I want to talk. I want to talk to you." He's like, "This is." He's like, "He's like I think um, this is why I played him that game." I'm like, "Oh no, no, but, but You do not have to. You, mm-hmm. like, please, I am so sorry. I." <laughs> You don't have to explain anything you do to me, and I'm sorry. It's like no, no. It means it's important to me that you know this because I know you care. He's like this, 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 this. This is why. It, this is why. He's like, don't think for a second I don't have a lot of respect and love for you, Cody. And I said, like, buddy, thank you. He's like, he's like, no problem. Like, you ever got a problem? He's like, and he even said this to me: he's like, If you ever got an issue, come talk to me. And I'm like, buddy, Black's telling me to come talk to him if I were like. This is awesome. Like, what a guy, you know. Tore me to pieces. And amazing. The look on Kate's face looked like he gave like a deer in headlights when all this was <laughs> taking place. He really he was he was almost tearful later. He's like, I'm so sorry. I, I threw you of the bus and I didn't mean like you did throw me in the bus. Everything's cool, dude. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. And Mark Kate, you are the greatest man alive. You're we're gold. Um and I'm so happy he's a, I mean, God, he's a big league manager now. Oakland A's, man. Yeah. Mark Kate, where he belongs too. I mean, I look at that coaching staff that I had. I mean Really think about it. Bud Black managing in Colorado, Mark Kotze managing in Oakland, uh, Dave Roberts managing in Los Angeles, uh, Pat Murphy bench coach in Milwaukee. Like they that, that coaching staff was ridiculous. So uh, I, again, spoiled. All
0: right. That's part three of our conversation uh, with Cody Decker. Our final installment of our conversation with him will run tomorrow on Friday. Thank you for making the Locked on Rays podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked on Bets podcast. That is free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we will talk to you tomorrow.